You wouldn't let your kids into a bar, would you? Don't let them listen to Critical Hit. Content warnings can be found in the episode description. Hello world and welcome to another episode of Critical Hit, a podcast where we drink beer and talk about everything. I am your host, Red King, and with me always is Crimson and Chrono Warden. Back again from the dead. (laughs) I never died, so I don't know what they're talking about. Tonight, we are trying Mr. Zero New England IPA from Willow Rock Brewing Company, and we are talking about the greatest greatest role-playing game of all time. Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, are you guys ready? We yeah, ready. let's go. We are Critical Hit. This is Mr. Zero. Cheers, bros. Let's go. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, this already smells bad. I've had this before. Nope. <laughs> so, we're in some, uh, we're in some fruity territory. It's got some fruity hints to it. It is fruit as fuck. So, um, let's talk about it for a little bit. Let me try another one. I'm going to talk about it for a little bit, and then we're going to go ahead and do our rating. So, um, I'm also going to kind of take the opportunity to cut through the beer jargon one more time, because this is kind of like our first episode of the year, and I'm going to, if somebody is listening and a new listener hasn't, doesn't know what the hell I'm talking about, we're just going to... (laughs) <laughs> okay, so New year, new start Yes, absolutely So this is a New England IPA um, That's our first little bit of abbreviation uh, It stands for India Pale Ale It's just a brewing style, beer style um, One of my least favorites <laughs> But sort of one of my least favorites I don't know, that's changed No, I, I'm, I'm an IPA snob douchebag Um well, yeah, with your cow lick. <laughs> I'm, I'm so like, glad we don't have video. You got the Superman. So, <laughs> alcohol by volume, or ABV, that is how, that's the horsepower, how strong the beer is. Um, this is actually, I'm pretty sure it clocks Sorry. at, like, it might be around 30 IBU, which is the bitterness, the international bitterness unit is what that stands for, and it measures how how sweet or how bitter the beer is. The international bit? No, <laughs> we're not going there. Um, IBU, international Bitcoin unit. <laughs> so this is um, double hopped with Citra and it's like a Citra Cryo and Citra Apollo hops. And, what the um, fuck? <laughs> yeah. Cryo and Apollo? <laughs> Why does that sound like some, like, superpower of some kind? <laughs> yeah, so this is kind of... It's, it's fucking Todoroki. <laughs> Fire and ice. <laughs> Apollo was the god of the sun. Oh my gosh, what? And cryo means ice. <laughs> some Shoto Todoroki um, hops. <laughs> so this is by Willow Rock Brewing Company, um, a... A brewing company from Syracuse, New York. Oh, all right, all right. You've been staying local recently. <laughs> yes. I actually, I, I get stuck in that, um, 
that local trying to like stay New York centric. Plenty of great stuff everywhere, but New York is just amazing beer. Um, they have they have like a it's like a I think it's like a two thousand square foot. Like it's it's not huge. <laughs> it's there. But they have a uh, it's on Game Road in Syracuse. Really? Yeah. Huh. So All right, fair. Their Mr. Zero uh, IPA, their can is actually designed to look like Tapper. Which I absolutely love the aesthetic. Yeah, I like the aesthetic of the can, but it, the drink is bad. So we gotta rate it. Oh boy. <laughs> I'm, now here's Don't the thing, I've had this one before, and um, a little fun fact is we like years ago tried to start a uh, tried to start a podcast and this was the first one that we tried <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it's uh, listen that's got a lot of memories yeah, really weird full circle type of effect <laughs> I'm rating this a seven or it's it's gonna be eight so I'm gonna rate it ah man here's the thing a six I'm gonna give it a six because I don't think it's different enough from any other IPA I've had that makes it like, whoa. Like, it's just a, it's just a fruitier IPA. And I'm it's like, just an IPA that you drink. Yeah. Oh, come on. This is really, really good. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's so got this, sweet. It's got, honestly, the, the six probably comes a bit from nostalgia, too. Like, you know, even though it wasn't that long ago. You know, the can is nostalgic looking, and this does remind me of the first time we attempted, which it just didn't go well. <laughs> but, <laughs> but here we are now, the week after being horribly sick. <laughs> Back at it. Yep. I'm going to give it a three. Damn. That's mean. So coming back, the first episode of the new year, and... Uh, you got the fangs out, guys. Reminiscent, I'm going to say. I mean, it's cool you guys have that attachment to it, but I don't like beer. We're Double hop things tend to piss me off because it's just <laughs> bad followed by worse. Oh, come on. So that that's going to be the quote of the day. Double hop things piss me off. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... Once more, before we we begin um, talking about Dungeons and Dragons, we're going to talk about Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> <laughs> in our <laughs> in our segment D and D Railed. So we are we got an airship. <laughs> we went full Final Fantasy and got ourselves a motherfucking airship. Uh, we are. What, what was it? What we end up saying? Uh, are we anti-penultimate? No, we, so we, we might be this like this. Last one is very was very possibly the penultimate or the ultimate. <laughs> Anti-penultimate is three before. Ultimate is right before the end. I'm never going to remember this. That's all okay. right. <laughs> well, if you think about it, so you have ultimate is right before the end. Penultimate is two before the end. Anti-penultimate is three before the end. <laughs> so as you add more... Yes. Is there a fourth level? Probably. No, I'm not going to Anti-penultimate. Wait, what? <laughs> so... What? <laughs> so we are on our way to our final showdown. 
We know where he is. We know who he is. I'm not sure if we're ready, but we're ready. Um, <laughs> I have 12 luck blades, all with the lucky property on them. <laughs> just, so, just so we can uh, point out, this is how bad I want to live. <laughs> I have 27 luck rerolls. That's because your character's gonna be a dad. Yeah, which that was a that was a big event that happened. I'm like, so interesting little little, little sidebar is that one of the characters that my character Gregor had brought along, Violet, actually. Did a bit of a turncoat move and stabbed me in the eye. No, I, so okay, listen, no, that's listen, not at listen, all. You did deserve listen, that. Listen, we're not. We're gonna. It's a yes. long story. It's it's a but, long story. But, but my my characters learned a lot of things. Um, he reconciled. This was potentially so the, bad. The last chance to reconcile for his. Uh, I'm gonna say. Less than savory ways. Um, his he's not a hoe anymore. Yeah, ways. yeah, no, he's not a hoe. He plans to get me. And I'm not saying your thing is so bad. The aftertaste of this beer is just bubbling in my throat. It's just making me mad. <laughs> but uh, like, I want to eat something. He he has promised to return alive and marry Violet, and it just so happened their night together led to. Two daughters. <laughs> so he's going to be miserable. <laughs> so so now that, like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's almost a little bit like I can't, maybe I won't close the, uh, maybe I won't close D&D Rail. Maybe it'll just be the segue into the, the main event of our night. But, like, it is, it, it is weird to think about, like, the end of this campaign we've been playing for almost two years yeah um and like yeah this is it's crazy we have made we have made as many preparations as i think we can um like monday's the day <laughs> yeah possibly we it's, might, it's whether it is or it isn't right away it's the day yeah <laughs> yeah like there's no there's not gonna be anything else like you can't just Oh, I'm just gonna go somewhere else. They're like, are you now? <laughs> are you really? Well, we have to actually find the temple. Yes. Uh, I'm pretty good at finding shit. <laughs> but we will. No. We'll, 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 Hector no. has been the worst tracker in the campaign. He, tell him that. I Talk to him, okay? Talk to him. <laughs> We will we'll catch you off on what will likely be a fantastically eventful and possibly deadly um, penultimate, ultimate, anti-ultimate um, <laughs> chapter in our campaign. And we will catch you up next time on D&D Railed. <laughs> so Dungeons and Dragons... The greatest role-playing game ever created. Um, we're gonna. There's a lot of. There's a lot of shit. There's a lot of ground for us to cover. Um, so we're gonna. We're gonna start slow. We're gonna start. Easy. <laughs> we're gonna do the easy thing. Uh, we're gonna talk about its its origins, its roots. It's all about the roots. It's all about family. <laughs> Shut up. Wait. 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 wait, wait. <laughs> What the fuck 
that? Was that fucking Fast and Furious? Yes, that was Fast yeah, and Furious. He's trying to be Dom Toretto. <laughs> it's about fame. <laughs> it's about fame. <laughs> yeah, we're both shanking that pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be like more like you got punched in the head too many times. <laughs> you know about fame. <laughs> I am Groot. 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 Anyways. <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> it was created in 1974. I almost said six. <laughs> I was right there. Um, By Ernest Gary Gygax yeah. and David Arneson. David Arneson? Yeah, there was two guys who made that game. Also, like, how are you going to end up with the last name Artisan and be Arneson. Oh, okay. A-R-E-N. I thought it was like Artisan, like those fancy fuckers. <laughs> or cheese. Ooh. Do you uh, know Artisan <laughs> means craftsman, right? Yeah, that's what, that's what I was going to say, though. Because, like, I was like, how did you become, like, a creator of something and then have the last name that generally means craftsman? <laughs> Which would have been cool. You are no longer cool. <laughs> So it was, so this is actually like a, a spinoff. It's, it was kind of a spinoff of a previously created game by Gygax. Yes. Called Chainmail. Mm -hmm. And it was more combat oriented. It was, it was a war game. Well, yes, it was a war game without fantasy elements. Which a bit. So no, the (laughs) thing is, is that an included a fantasy there was a 14 page fantasy supplement at the back of the books oh okay but it was a it was a war game it was a medieval yeah it was a it, medieval war game yeah and when wasn't it like cuz he went in cuz he was all about like strategy <laughs> and like it was like crazy in depth to the point where like you had it was very limited you had uh units and you had like kind of like a whole army as a, well, yeah. like a character. Instead you know? of a single character. Because, you know? um, so Gygax was more the, like, tactical grid-based combat side of it. Arneson was the single-player character thing, because he actually worked with another dude on a different game. Okay. So, I have that name here somewhere. I think, like, now all of our note-taking becomes, like, so big that it's now hard to, like... <laughs> I mean, it's like there's so many references. Well, but. I hadn't thought we were going to talk about that immediately. No, I, I absolutely... <laughs> Red so, is one who starts at the beginning. <laughs> Brownstein. What? Brownstein. There we go. <laughs> I didn't. Brown, Steve. <laughs> it means brownstone. Bravo. But Shit. the idea is is that brownstone was also a war game. Mm-hmm. And it was created by David Wesley. Okay. Who basically the idea is, is that everyone took the role of a single country and there was a referee which was Wesley in the beginning, but Arneson wound up taking over for him and was also a, an assistant referee. Okay. But the basic idea is, is that this was based on a game called Diplomacy, which is still played. It used to be played by mail. Like, you would write what you're doing, because the idea is, is that you're working in between turns. 
Snail mail. Um, yeah, you would write what you're doing, mail it. <laughs> that took a while. <laughs> but that's kind of cool, because the only other game that was played like that was chess in, like, the 50s and 60s. What? Yeah, you could what? play chess by mail. Oh, my gosh. So Dude, I was reading on the rules on diplomacy. The idea is, is that it takes place before World War One, and you're leading up to World War One, And your goal is to control supply centers. My my question is, <laughs> so did you like it's like words with friends. <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> is the worst fucking way <laughs> possibly ever <laughs> to try to like draw a parallel. It's like words with friends. But then, no, let, let's be real though, because you got it's kind of the same thing. I would imagine it'd be the same thing because you were probably you were a busy person back in the you day. You ever get into word words? Words with friends really deep. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We're, we're diving in deep to words with friends. No, no. I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying I hate words with friends. Imagine, imagine my wife will just fucking completely, and she'll message me in game and message me on Facebook and text message me. Play your play your letter. Play your letter. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's that though. Think about it. It's like here's my move. Send it off. Motherfucker, here's my move. Well, generally anyone that was <laughs> anyone that was playing diplomacy was into it. Fair enough. Fair enough. I can only imagine what if somebody died. Oh, that, that, <laughs> that, that's a real possibility. Though. I Think mean, about that. pen pal okay. versus game. snail mail doesn't take that long. <laughs> well, he's, he's actually starting to sound like a like a child. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Mr. Zero Head. <laughs> Mr. Zero has devolved him. Yeah, he has turned himself into a 2015 zero. crimson. Like, I haven't heard from him in a while. <laughs> so, um, we have, I have a list of the original, um, classes. Oh, I do too. It's so funny. It makes me laugh yeah. so much. Do you have the original races too? I do not have all the original. I I do. Okay. I, I'll do your classes. We have cleric. Yep. Fighting man. Yep. Magic user. Yep. That's what you have. That was it. <laughs> so hold on. It's about to get worse. The original four races: human, elf, dwarf, hobbit. <laughs> Just straight Hobbit. Yep, straight <laughs> Hobbit. So when they first publicized this game, uh, <laughs> yeah, they just took Hobbit. And the, the, um, oh my gosh, why can't I can't? The Tolkien estate? Yes. Sued them. And they were like, listen, you figure it out. Take <laughs> Balrogs out. Take hobbits out. Yep. Take there was a there was a third. He wanted him to take orcs, dwarves, elves. So the Tolkien estate basically wanted them to take anything that was shared with Lord of the Rings out. But the courts were like, well, no, elves and dwarves and shit have existed before your book came along. Imagine being having so much fucking sauce <laughs> that you could even attempt. <laughs> to to ju to just own elves. I'm coming after you fucking next, Keebler. <laughs> <laughs> 
you get those fucking cookie making, <laughs> call them something else. <laughs> Dude, Where's Ella. fucking Coca Cola? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> coming for you next. <laughs> fucking Rice Krispie Treat ass. <laughs> Kellogg. Kellogg. <laughs> they're killing. They're killing everything. <laughs> just lock them in half. Kellogg. Oh shit. <laughs> but yes, after the Tolkien estate. Uh, it was specifically the full list was dragon, dwarf, elf, ant, goblin, hobbit, orc, and warg. That's what they wanted to take out from. Yes. Wow. So hobbits became halflings, ants became treants, and balrogs became balor. So they're they're really they're still silent. so they sued for like seven and got three. Yep. <laughs> Which, I mean, hey. Always overshoot. Yeah. <laughs> so the original, they had a, they had three supplements for the original Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, Greyhawk added Paladin and Thief. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, they don't get Rogue until AD&D. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't become a Rogue. As a matter of fact, it stays a Thief even in AD&D. I think second edition is when they finally change it to a rogue. AD&D is second edition. <laughs> okay, so uh, <laughs> uh, Blackmore added assassin and monk, and they never had assassin after that in the in the modern version. They have, I guess they there can. is assassin in three four, well three e and three five. Okay. It also is generally a rogue subclass or a path. Right. Like in 4E, you had, so from level 1 to 10, you're your base class. Then 10 to 20, you pick an advancement that you still advance your basic rogue shit, but you get to pick a path, and one of those was assassin. Right. And then uh, 20 to, well, 21 to 30 was your epic destiny. I'm just on my basic rogue shit. <laughs> My basic roach. <laughs> so the, the third supplement in original D D added the druid. <laughs> so we had cleric, fighting man, magic user, paladin, thief, assassin, monk, and druid. Fighting man was amazing. I I feel yeah. I'm a fighting man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh like, <laughs> like you are on crack as fuck, dude. I'm a fighting man. It's just loosely draped leather armor and he's just punching people. <laughs> he's a it's, No, he's just wearing the leather trench coat, just rips it open. I'm a fighting man, and there's nothing underneath. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> he uses the surprise of just flashing you to beat the shit out of you. But Yes, uh, so the original run actually came out of three booklets, and they were in a wood grain colored cardboard box. Mm-hmm. It was Men and Magic, Monsters and Treasure, and Underworld and Wilderness Adventure. And literally their first print run was a thousand hand-assembled copies, and it sold out in less than a year. Mm-hmm. I mean, good for them. Like, when they went, I think they had a budget of... $2,000, yeah. which back then in 74 was not horrible. It wasn't horrible. It was not a lot. It yeah, still yeah. wasn't a lot to launch a whole last thing. Right, because they launched Tactical Studies Rules, Inc., TSR. Mm-hmm. 
So, so henceforth, why the popularity of there's nothing like that? Because that was the one thing that was kind of interesting getting into D and D for the first time was realizing there really isn't aside from dice any required things except for all for all intents and purposes booklets for rules and things yeah. like that. But if and someone that, can teach you the rules, yeah, you to get into that game. You need a set of dice. Yeah, and, and that's, that's it. You technically don't even need because like. There are people, so you know how there are people that like play chess where they'll just say like pawn to e4? Mm. You could technically do that with D&D. You could just assign squares, like it's the battle mat I have is I think 34 by 46 squares. So you would just assign a through whatever yeah, yeah, a through whatever and 1, 2, 3 whatever. So, yeah, theoretically, you, with what they had, all you would need, all you would seriously need is dice. And the original Dungeons & Dragons run didn't even have that. They yeah. had cardboard chits. Yep. That you would draw from a pile. You'd basically shake them up in a hat. You maximize your earning potential. Let's keep, let's keep that in mind. And then the, the, like... It was halfway through AD&D where they partnered with, and it was a math company, and they were selling these dice as a, as like a math teaching tool. Yep. But the original polyhedral dice set that they were packaging, and it was one set, and it came with every copy of AD&D, and I finally found the exact the exact configuration and now that I know it I'm going to find it I need a TSR set which is a white D20 sometimes they had pink sometimes they had white and pink a that albino shit a blue (laughs) D12 a green D8 a pink D6 and a yellow D4 and the modern D4 is a lot different than the old school D4. Mm-hmm. Um, you would roll a D4 and basically the number that's on the top is the number that you rolled. That's the modern version. Mm-hmm. The, <laughs> the old school D4, the number on the bottom would be the one. <laughs> what I'm going to show you a picture of, of the D4. It's oh. kind. Of, it's kind of hard to make any heads or tails out of it from this picture, but the number. Well, I'm curious if it's. So, oh yeah, I have yeah. seen D fours like that. They're hard to read. No, they're damn near impossible. So I, I'm starting to understand why they changed it. So the, <laughs> right. The TSR set, like that's the set. There was only five of them. They didn't. There's have- a zero on that D twenty. Why? Well, fuck. Um, I didn't even think about when I found this picture, but how are you going to sit? That makes it a zero to 19. Yeah. You have a double chance of failure. You have a 10% chance to fail automatically with Why that dice set. Why would you do that? <laughs> or would, would the zero arguably be the 20? At that I mean, point? on D10s, we have the zero is the 10, so possibly. So, what, yeah, I mean, it's, it's got 20 sides, so your zeros meant something or nothing. Huh. Um, so <laughs> maybe it's like an other thing. <laughs> the other thing was like 
in some of the original runs, the D20 had repeating 10s. It would go all the way up to 10, and then it would also have a second run all the way up to 10. Hmm. And what people were doing um, as the as the D20, well, as the out of 20 became more popular, they would take wax crayons or whatever, and they or markers, and they would color one set of 10 mm-hmm. differently. So it would be a black all the way up to 10, and a red all the way up to 10, and the red would represent 11 to 20. Right. Why... Is it so ruthlessly confusing? <laughs> and another thing about the TSR sets is that they would get, they would, you could roll them out of existence. So these dice, the, uh. And you want these. Yes. More than anything in my fucking life. Your youngest son is going to destroy them. Well, that's why I'm just going to try to hide them. Um, <laughs> or just get reproductions that are made out of the resin. Yeah. He's because like, they weren't fancy. I'm just going to try to hide them. <laughs> yeah. They weren't made out of resin. They were made out of plastic. Mm-hmm. And off a table, because back in the old days, it, they didn't have any of the stuff that we got. They don't have dice rolling trays. The best a motherfucker probably had was throwing it into a box, a cardboard box, and even still, they were made out of plastic. They weren't made out of resin. They weren't made out of the... I think the cheap dice are made out of polycarbonate, right? Yeah. And they, those ones will actually lose their edge after a while, but after a long while. Right, you got to roll them like a few hundred thousand times. The resin ones almost never degrade. These old school TSR plastic, plastic, plastic motherfucking dice, they were amazing. Because if you if you go and find like images of ones that have been rolled a lot, the D20s are balls. <laughs> <laughs> the D6s have no, like, like, they have no edges. They almost become D8s. <laughs> That's kind of incredible. It's, it's amazing to see it. <laughs> wow. Like, like I, I, I rolled my D20 round. <laughs> yeah. I roll it and it just rolls off the table. Four <laughs> dice don't count. <laughs> but damn it. That's all I got. <laughs> like, there's no place to buy these fucking things. This is all I got. <laughs> My parents won't let me fill out the order form. <laughs> like, I need their actual fucking... I need them to be here. <laughs> they have to buy stamps for this, man. This is not like Amazon. <laughs> I need them to be here. Yeah, I need them to actually be involved. They won't order it. They're like, you already have one. Bitch! <laughs> like, um, and then... <laughs> and then that's... Like, <laughs> Just see, yeah. You just get you get critted. I crit a kid. <laughs> oh my! God. That was my tangent. That was my tangent. And let me tell you, it lives rent free in my brain. There are two things that live rent free in my brain: the Net Yerose PlayStation One, because that's what a PlayStation One looks like if it's sexually attractive. And Baby Shark. Um, shut your fucking mouth! <laughs> Damn you! You're fucking. <laughs> I, I forfeit the rest of my time. <laughs> All right. So just to kind of continue the history. So obviously the game was invented in 1974. Yeah. 
That's when they officially launched D&D. 1977 marks the split of basic and advanced Dungeons and Dragons. I do remember, I watched a video recently where it just started kind of going over some of that. So Right. You want to know what the first book in AD&D was? What? The Monster Manual. It wasn't the player's handbook. It was not the Dungeon Master's Guide. 1977 was the Monster Manual, and it added 350 different monsters. 1978 saw the launch of the player's handbook. And then the Dungeon Master's Guide released in 79. Okay. So when did the Monster Mash come out? <laughs> the 50s. Oh, yeah, you're right about that. Yeah, and then Graveyard Smash changed in meaning. <laughs> like, yeah. you say Graveyard Smash, it's either, like, you're hanging out with a goth chick, or you are a necrophile. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're hanging out with a goth chick. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> the great beard speak fine on Wednesday. I don't. Yeah. Damn it! Disengage. <laughs> I said I. I said I submit the rest of my time. I'm serious. <laughs> I'm not going to talk for the rest of this fucking session. <laughs> Why? Uh, you drop bangers like that. <laughs> so, oh, man. essentially, TSR ran D&D. They published D&D until 1997. We're due to many, 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 many fuck-ups. But also amazing... Um, little side things like when uh, Guy Gax went to California and got Dungeons and Dragons and turned it into a Saturday morning cartoon oh you mean like when TSR forced him out of the company he started uh, so that was Whoa. that was the amazing thing right <laughs> so when he went they Steve Jobs his ass yeah, before Steve Jobs got Steve Jobs it was Guy Gax yeah so when, <laughs> Damn. when he went to go just kind of fly around and 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 turn Dungeons and Dragons into a bigger media deal and like to network and crap he left he left somebody to run the company in his stead in his steed? stead stead um, in his steed on his steed S-T-E-A-D and S-T-E-E-D well, are two different things she probably had S-T-E-D I was about to say that's right you can't fucking outrun me fuck you you but Wizards of the Coast purchased TSR in 1997 who's got the PlayStation Stupid phone. <laughs> uh, we're booting up that fucking Street Fighter 2 Alpha Turbo. <laughs> but yes, so third edition marked the end of basic and advanced Dungeons and Dragons, and it was released in 2000. So basically, they took three years after acquisition to make a new version. 
Uh, this is also the first time where feats, skills, and things like that were added on character creation. Make that fighting man a little bit more fucking flavorful. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Not everybody's fighting man. Is now you had <laughs> fighter, barbarian, uh, ranger, and paladin would have been, I mean, I know Paladin was added in a supplement, but Paladin is just kind of holy fighting man. Yep. <laughs> and, and Holy fighting man! Holy fighting man, Batman! <laughs> He's punching the shit out of you! Monk is disciplined <laughs> fighting man. Yes. Barbarian is nude fighting man. <laughs> and fighter is just fighting man. Yes. Yeah. And you get, like... Ranger is woodsy fighting man. He's outdoorsy <laughs> fighting man. Yes. Not to be confused with hippies. Because druids are hippies. Yeah. <laughs> it's the trees, man. <laughs> it's the trees, man. But so, fourth edition actually came out in 2005. So, fourth edition was kind of an interesting one. Because I remember d- doing a little bit of background on it and seeing that it, it straight turned into like a weird like RTS thing. So it's funny, right? Fourth edition was probably the closest addition to the original chain, mo- chain mail rules that existed. Fourth edition is a fantastic miniatures game. It is a shitty role playing game. Right. Like if you wanted to do like a medieval Warhammer stuff. T- type thing, you could make a shit ton of characters with 4E rules and run it, because it's very quick. Okay. But in terms of, like, telling a story as characters, it's shit. It's so shit. (laughs) It's bad. (laughs) Having actually played it, like, the abilities were cool, but it's like... They got rid of some of the base classes just right out of the gate. Yeah, I remember that being a very divisive thing. Like, I remember 4th edition was like... Druid and Monk were just gone. (laughs) (laughs) They added them back in, but... But it's kind of like... It's the trees, man. Man. (laughs) I'm sitting this one out, dude. Just think about the rabbits, Lenny. (laughs) Now here's... here's Bang! (laughs) Shit! (laughs) I don't think you're ready with that. I was not. (laughs) That's the whole point. (laughs) Neither was he. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Neither was he. That is such a sad book. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I I watched the movie. The book is better. The movie was sad as fuck. Yeah, it is, but the book is sadder. Okay. Fine. (laughs) Are you ready to be sad? (laughs) No. Yeah, we're going to play 4E. Please. <laughs> well, I, I'm surprised. My new campaign is for you. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to be honest. I've been interested in trying, like, just trying it. I, I wish I still I would, had my books. I don't think I would ever do a full campaign in it. No, we we could run a one shot if I. Yeah, I, I feel like that'd be kind of interesting. Because like, I do. Uh, I'm going to censor that. <laughs> might have a legitimate. <laughs> A collection of books. <laughs> a compendium of books. <laughs> I can them. probably get one. Um, anyway, 5th edition released in 2014. Mm-hmm. Which is our, our current modern edition of Yes. But um, the funny thing is, is that so we use the Tome of Battle from 3.5 in our campaign, right? Yes. And that's very heavily based on encounter powers. 
they added that same kind of thing to uh, 4E. You had your basic powers, which you could do in addition or instead of your basic attacks. Like, Ranger had one where it was either you could shoot two arrows because you were still picking archery or dual wielding, or you could make an on-hand and an off-hand attack. Okay, gotcha. Um, Fighter had, like, sword and board as a style or two-handed. There was Cleric and Warlord were your uh, buffers. Bard was still in the book. I don't remember anything about it because I had no interest in playing Bard in 4E. <laughs> I played Ranger. Right. I mean, that, that makes sense. I feel like you would want to play a class that would, like, get more into it. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> usually. Melee combat is fun. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. I will never I will never let the spellcasters take away my, my blades. <laughs> Um, I know that later it's just like, oh, I'm just gonna um, I'm gonna attack you with my sword, and then there's a spellcaster who's like, I'm just gonna open up a different dimension and yeet you into it. Right, but that's the fun part about the Tome of Battle. You get to add, you get to say shit like five creeping energy shadow strike. Yep. Or Giralon windmill flesh rip. Mm-hmm. Why do I feel like um <laughs> this is like an episode of Bleach? <laughs> <laughs> That's so. That's the whole point about the Tome of Battle is that it's kind of based off like that wuxia style uh, martial arts stuff, right? Okay. Time and nightmare blade. Yeah. Yeah. Time stands still. It could also be a Tales game. Because they loved sick. yelling out their names and their attack names before they. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So obviously. <laughs> It's kind of interesting because essentially that means the longest running version of Dungeons and Dragons was AD&D because it ran from 77 to 97. I don't think anything is beating that. I mean, here's the thing. They're certainly not beating it with uh, with Fifth Ed, which has been more or less. It'll be 10 years when one D&D is officially launched. So and it, that, because one D&D and- is supposed to launch in 2024. And that marks it pretty much. Like that's it. That's the end of, you know, the this the new beginning as it were. So the longest run has been fifth ed, besides AD and D. So it's kind of funny, right? Because they were still publishing books for three E, even one four E started to come out. Well, because nobody there was probably a reason for that. Well. I mean, nobody really liked. <laughs> no, most people did not like 14. Yeah, because we had, when Wizards of the Coast first purchased um, Dungeons & Dragons from TSR, I want to talk a little bit more about uh, TSR because I read some really interesting stuff. But uh, real quickly, I'll go I'll go back to the acquisition, right? Right. So we we're still... We were still kind of in that that old mentality of like, you know, there were guys who were very passionate about yes about um, tabletop RPGs, and when they were creating content for th- for third edition, they were making it. And Wizards of the Coast, which was still a really fantastic gaming company back then, they they were like, yeah, bro, that's cool, and you know what the hell you're doing. So they went for it. They just let it go. Mm. When when fourth edition came through, it almost to me felt like like they they embraced that 
like they wanted it to be a video game. And it, it was just guys who were saying, we want it to be a video game. They don't know what fucking video game it was. They just knew that the young kids were playing video games and that when they made fourth edition, it, it to me seemed like it was just, what's the, the, the video game thing that people like to do? They like to kill stuff, and then that's what they did. They just made a yeah. kill stuff type of game. Because yeah. most of the spells shit like detect magic that just got pulled out. <laughs> that was a ritual that you had to do outside of combat. What? Yeah. <laughs> See, it, so I'm right. <laughs> I'm right. Yeah. Fuck. It's, it's, well, so here's so the know. thing, right? So TSR in did many stupid things beyond forcing Gygax out. Yes. So they made a deal with uh, a com- I never found the name of the publishing company, but they made a contract where they could only have their books printed at this one company. And they were falling behind on their payments. And I think it was Roundhouse or Wheelhouse Publishing was their publisher. They would send them the shit and they would put it out. And if it made money, cool. But Round Wheelhouse, whatever the fuck, they had it in their contract that they could return shit if it wasn't doing well and they would get their money back. So TSR, well, obviously, if you're the publisher, you're the one footing the bill. So you need to be able to recoup some expenses. True. So here's the thing, right? It's it was Random House. I did write it down. Fuck yes. But <laughs> essentially what it is is that their sole printer had stopped printing because TSR was so in debt. And when you do that, when you lease yourself to a sole printer, the printer just raised their price. Yeah. Like beyond even if they were making the payments, the printer just said, hey, eh, you got to pay me more. It's in the fucking contract. Fuck you. So that printer was kind of a scummy piece of shit, too. (laughs) Random House was willing to publish shit. They weren't the problem, but they're like, yo, you got to send me shit that's going to sell, which is fair. Yeah. Like, I'm paying you to produce a product so I can make money. Yeah. You're not doing that. No, agreed. Uh, Agreed. I I, I think that's kind of a fair... That's a fair trade. <laughs> right. Random House was not the problem there. It was TSR shitty management because I wound up looking up like the change between when Wizards actually took over because Wizards wasn't actually originally interested. They were only doing Magic the Gathering since 1993. Okay. But MTG took the fuck off. It, so Wizards it, had cash. Very, up until very recently was one of the most played and universally um, accepted that it's the best fucking card game ever. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, Wizards has done some things to yeah. the newest edition. <laughs> but it was originally Five Rings Publishing that approached TSR. CEO Bob Abramowitz met with TSR and left with a letter giving him an option to purchase it. Now, Five Rings did not have enough money. But this guy was smart. He went to Wizard CEO. <laughs> and, oh, I, I, I think I remember this story. One Peter Atkinson. And he said, I will give you this letter of intent allowing me to buy TSR if you buy Five Rings Publishing. Because here's the thing, right? There is, in fact, a Five Rings setting in D&D. Wow. They're actually, yeah. Really? They're actually going to, they're supposed to be potentially bringing it back, but I have the books for 3E. Okay. So if we ever want to run it, because it's the Adventures in Rokugan. Hmm. You know what? 
It sounds like something that'd be worth it. Right. But that's the thing. So Abramowitz was fucking smart. He's like, I don't have the money. You do. But I have the letter. So if you want to buy them, you got to buy me. (laughs) But Atkinson liked D&D. So he said, yeah, fuck it. What gamer wouldn't want to be part of the company that bought D&D? Okay. And interestingly enough... It was him and future Paizo, who was Pathfinder, CEO, Lisa Stevens, flew to Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, and offered the majority of staff a job at Wizards and helped pay for, like, house hunting weekends. They flew people to Seattle on the weekends so they could shop for houses, and if you had an apartment in both cities, they would help you pay for them. So these guys are pretty pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, this was like... So the thing about uh, Peter as well is, is his desk was not in an office. It was just on the floor with everybody else. And he straight up had a couch near his desk where you could take a nap if you needed to. Yeah. Like, it w- and I was much I, more than just the... Uh, than just having it and... Because Wizards just has it now. They just have Dungeons they're, and Dragons. They're, they're kind of turning into TSR. Yeah. And um, when they wa- when they wanted Dungeons and Dragons back then, it was to make... A better product. Yes. And to make a better product and to be that better... Be the better gaming company. And, like, holy shit. Like, what an acquisition. And, you know, third edition, when it came out, it was fucking fire. And it still, still is. is. Yeah, it still is fire. So that's the best way I've heard 3.5 described is this advanced fifth ed. Yeah, I mean. Because a lot of the stuff from 3E and 3.5 is in 5E. So when you go to 3.5, if you've played 5E, there's a little bit more to learn. Yeah, I think so. I'm creating I'm creating a campaign in fifth ed. Um, it has a lot of lazy tools, and I really enjoy this. Yeah, you know, just being so modern. Um, but yeah, like now that I've gotten into both systems, yeah, there's a lot there's a lot to unpack in three five, but it's not it's not excessively more or less difficult. And right. It, it kind of surprises me sometimes to like see. That like something like three point five is still a viable playing platform. Like it's not it, just because there's a new edition doesn't mean that the older editions become outdated or necessarily like not viable. Which right. is kind of something that I like because there really is, you know, for five edition, it's it's pretty what's the word streamlined. A lot of things are streamlined, and it's like it's really nice to have that as an option for somebody who maybe doesn't have the most free time to do a lot of planning or number crunching. Right. Because um, we have we have members of our table with uh, with learning disorders. And yeah. So yeah. I think that certain stuff like that makes it easy, but like you know, I've been playing Dungeons and Dragons in general for almost two years, and I think that like. You know, if you have somebody to show you the ropes, it's it's not you can get you can get stuck in pretty quick and pretty easy. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a through line that's always there. You know, there's there's enough of a similarity between each edition that it's not this crazy horrible thing to get into the new one. <laughs> Fourth Ed kind of was. Well, <laughs> I'm going to say outlier, and that's the reason why that really didn't work out that well. Um, 
But what I, what I will also say, and I, I feel like that's kind of why I'm uh, I'm interested going forward, even into something like one D and D, where you know, I mean, it's it's a whole. We'll say brand new. That's going to um, be a hard thing to sell. It's a hard sell, but I, I, it's interesting. Yeah. You know, I've, I've looked into it, and it's interesting. So. Uh, so beyond that, basically, TSR was very, like, their management was very secretive and everything. Like, if you made a good product and it was selling well, they didn't tell you. Yeah. It was, fuck you. It's my money. Wizards was not like that. Like, if you made a product and it was doing well, they would fucking be like, hey, this guy's product is doing well, or this module is doing well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So one of the other things that Adkisson did is uh, he stressed the importance of a diverse workplace and that their workplace would be discrimination-free. Doesn't matter what creed, religion, skin, whatever. Doesn't matter. Everybody's welcome at Wizards. Yeah. That was his whole big thing. (laughs) So, uh, but that's the other thing is, is that so after they bought TSR, it only took them three months to make a profit on D&D. Three months. Yeah. I mean, because <laughs> the established product was already good. Yes. There wasn't. It's not like there's a whole lot of retweets. But basically, they took the debt, they liquidated it, and then they paid off everything and then went for it. And boom. <laughs> the last cool thing that Adkisson did is that. So TSR had sued Gary Gygax and David Arneson to keep them from creating new stuff. Mm-hmm. And I mean, sued and sued and sued like Gary Gygax's children talk about it. And they're like, yeah, he was fucking depressed because he couldn't work on what he enjoyed. Adkison wrote checks. He didn't sue them. And this kind of did twofold things, right? It became... Wizards of the Coast is the sole owner of Dungeons and Dragons, but he gave money to Gary Gygax, Gary Gygax's ex-wife, and Dave Arneson. And, you know. Huh. Okay. So, I I think, (laughs) yeah, it's for sure they took care to make this, I mean... Well, I mean, this is even kind of back in the era where companies gave a shit about yeah. their employees. And, and especially in the wake of, like, kind of capturing the sun. Yeah. Which is the best way I could describe it. They handled it with a lot of real um, class. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of class. They didn't just fucking fire people. They didn't. They didn't right. Do- to basically take the entire staff, move them to your home city several thousand miles away. Then help them find houses, help them pay for apartments in two cities. Yeah, it was, that would have been cool. That was a real, <laughs> that one, was a real, real one type of move. Yeah. So uh, we have one thing that I've been uh, kind of looking up is there was up until I think last year, there was a there was a new TSR. Yeah, TSR shows up every couple years and tries to sue Wizards. Yes. Um, so this one had um, this one had Ernest Gygax Jr. Yes, Ernest Gary Gygax Jr. Yep. 
So the son of uh, famed Dungeons and Dragons creator Gary Gygax, well, re- Ernest Gary Gygax, yeah, <laughs> uh, started a new company or, or restarted the company that his father started all these years ago, and proceeded to shit the fucking bed in like a really fucking bad way. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> he went ahead. Um, he's, so there's a, a couple of things I mentioned, right? There's that old school Renaissance, um, <laughs> the OSR movement. Yeah. He's, he wants, he's, he's an OSR guy. Um, the OSR guys are a little, uh, something or other. And I think, <laughs> I think that's probably going to be the next thing we talk about is just like the, uh, like the the lifestyle of it because you know the history we've got we've gotten into it and um but he's a he's an osr guy (laughs) he went ahead and revived an old it was a d20 ttrpg and it was based in space Mm -hmm. it is called um, Star Frontier New Genesis. Mm-hmm. They released a, I think it was as of July of last year. They released a play test for Star Frontier New Genesis. SFNG. Um, <laughs> I'm not great with abbreviations like that. <laughs> this play test had some shit in it. Okay. Strap in. Let's go. So. Can you try hovering? (laughs) (laughs) So the Olfar character race, which is the humans of this um, universe. Mm -hmm. Why didn't they just say humans? (laughs) Because. (laughs) Did you call them Ofar? Olfar. U-L-F-A-R. That's not much better than Ofar. <laughs> it's awful. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure uh, humans are public domain. <laughs> 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 Who owns humans? Pfizer. <laughs> um, well, you can't call them humans anymore. <laughs> One D and D has to call them like. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's homans. Homans. <laughs> okay, so there is one race. Of Olfar. They are called the Nordic race. They're only white. With blonde hair. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> okay. It's better. No, it's better. Hold on, hold on, though. My problem with that is, is that most Nordic people aren't blonde. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, it's all the way back. So Eric the Red. Yes. <laughs> That's the whole fucking point. So here's the next thing. It gets better, right? Every other race is considered a sub-race. Oh, boy. Here we (laughs) go. Oh, man. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) So, one other race stood out in the playtest. Oh, boy. (laughs) This is how they wrote it in the book. Oh boy. <laughs> the Nigerians. <laughs> the Negro. No. It was just. So, so the Olfar had Nordic, 
This is Gygax's son. Yes. Not the good one. Luke Gygax <laughs> is the good one. <laughs> that, this should be a pretty this should be a pretty um, important designation. Is that there is a good one. Okay. <laughs> okay, so <Shit. laughs> Cause Luke Gygax runs like Gary Khan in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. Okay. So we're gonna So this one's the fuck. <laughs> So we're going to say out of the regular 20, you're out of 20 <coughs> stats. Wait, there's 20 fucking stats in this game? No, the, no, uh, six stats, but out of 20. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. 20. The Nordic race has a minimum of 13 in all stats. Um, the... <laughs> Why the and fuck is he racist? No, this is so bad. And like, I feel shitty even saying it, but I'm going to read it verbatim. Okay. Oh boy. Um, I'm glad you're doing this and not me. <laughs> the Negro is a tall, thick body, dark skin, even purple dark, brown eyed race with large strength and average intelligence with a maximum intelligence of nine. That's as high as it is, as high as it can go out of 20. Oh, <laughs> my. <laughs> so this is what I'm... We're going to continue going because it gets, it, it continues. This is out of the play test. So this is... <laughs> when when did he do this? Didn't this you say like last, this July last, of last year? This is July of last year that this play test... The, How the fuck is he not... expose of this play test came out. <laughs> How is he not oh. shot? Let's be honest. So this says... Because um, he lives in Wisconsin? <laughs> oh, good boy. <laughs> it says races... Maybe, he actually does. Just let me get through it. The sooner I get through it, the sooner we can be done with it. <laughs> right, right. Races in SFNG are not unlike races in the real world. Some are better at certain things than others. And some races are superior to others. This is written in the motherfucking thing. Oh my <laughs> word! What so fuck? Uh, That's so sad because his his dad was like, "No, alignment is stupid. Don't do that. Yeah. Play what you want with the stats you want." So you, I want all one hundred. Here, here's the thing: I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there and say this. Say what you want about Wizards of the Coast and their uh, going from races to species, all this good shit. I would way rather that. Then swing this way. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> We're gonna, there's so a, there's the thing a couple is, more things. I just got to get through it. <laughs> all right, well, just let me finish my point. Wizards of the Coast isn't going so far PC that it's ridiculous. Because technically speaking, species is correct. I mean, yes. that As a technicality, that is absolutely correct. We're going we're gonna to continue. Here we go. <laughs> all right. So they have a look, a looks stat. That dictates your character's appearance. Your attractiveness, yeah. Here we go. This is the, this is how it set, this is how they describe it. They say, a look stat of zero is seen as unbearably hideous. A good example of this would be large noses or narrow noses, large lips or thin lips, and oval eyes. The character can be a lot of fun with this aspect. Be creative. Can we just? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They only described yeah. these Jews and black people. Yep. <laughs> now here's be creative. Have fun with it. Just don't be black. <laughs> so the other. So the other thing is they. Um, 
<laughs> in this playtest, they uh, they went ahead and said they talked about like role playing your character. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and they said, "Are you a SJW warrior?" Uh, Which is redundant. Yeah, because <laughs> SJW is social justice warrior. You're pushing your values on others? <laughs> <laughs> so, like... So, so you were you were blatantly racist and then tried to take shots. <laughs> yeah, tried to take shots at like social justice warriors. Are you um, fucking serious? No, 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 no. Not just SJWs. They're calling anyone that doesn't think black people are ugly and stupid <laughs> SJWs. This guy. So like, <laughs> which? What the fuck? So he got. So TSR got sued by Good. Wizards of the Coast, and they had to. Pretty quickly cut ties with Mr. Mr. Junior. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna call him Junior. Yeah, he's yeah. not allowed to have that name. <laughs> Matter of fact, I'm gonna probably gonna <laughs> submit some fucking letter to Congress <laughs> to fucking strip him of his name. It's going to Luke. Now here's yeah, now, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now here's the nitty gritty, right? Like this was last year. This was like seven months ago. <laughs> Word. Uh, yeah, actually. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't even 12 months ago. Yeah. <laughs> this, was le- this was half a year ago. And the thing is, like, I read this. I watched this. I. Holy shit. Yeah, I'm just. Like, the thing was, it was so fucking hard for me not to just say. Do you feel heard about this shit? Because I've known this for like a week and a half. And it's been eating away at my soul because I knew you guys were going to be like, this is fucking ridiculous. I don't understand how something like that happened. Because, like, here's the thing. I'll give a lot of credit that I don't believe that we live in an inherently racist country. So when it comes to, like, how the fuck in 2022... Right, but, like, here's the thing, right? Why wouldn't you just go, here's humanity, the bug people are super strong, but they're ugly as fuck because they're bugs. Yeah, yeah, easy as that. You could have done it, but you, you said so black people. Right. What the fuck? And the thing is, they... And traits that are normally associated with black people, those are the ugly traits. What the fuck? Yeah, and you went ahead, and, and he, in the book, it they have the races described as, you know, um... They called them Negroes. They called the whites um, Nordic. And then they actually just fucking called the... They just called... They said Mexicans. Oh, (laughs) my God. Like, it it was written Mexicans. And it wasn't, like... So, yeah. I'm like... So, wait, 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 wait. It's the Ulfar... Yes, the Ulfar are Nordic, Negro, Mexican. Mexican. Right. Like, <laughs> good fucking job. It, and the thing was, like, it was devastating. It was just devastating. Okay, but to, to, here's the problem. Is that better or worse than the other one that I'm not going to say because I'm a pale motherfucker? Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I have no idea. Because. I can't tell you. Because to me, it seems like an April Fool's joke. Yeah, it's because, just, but it was in July. Yeah, it's just so dirty out there. Nobody that, like, in your corner was like, "Hey, 
Maybe not. <laughs> they probably fired that dude. He's like, you're an SJW. Get the fuck out of my office. What are you trying to impose your your will on me? <laughs> no, I'm trying to impose you not being racist. I'm trying to impose you not getting sued out of existence. Right. What or shot. But I'm, here's I'm, the fuck. Kick his old ass. Right. Here's the fucking thing, though. Right. If you really want to play old school D and D, drive through RPG sells the two e books in PDF form. Sweet. Just fucking go buy them. Yeah. yeah, like OSR as, and, and we're gonna we're gonna get a little bit farther into this, but like, it's really weird because like the OSR kind of gets into that really weird like social area. So the next thing, right? Um, <laughs> we talked. <laughs> Is a little there bit. a next thing after watching? <laughs> So, like, there's always a CD underbelly to everything, right? Like, even now we know that even <laughs> even that Gygax name can't save you from just sometimes being a piece of shit. Um, what I didn't realize, though, is that that's how they view us. Uh, so, like, we already know that the OSR guys are a little bit fucking weird. Um, <laughs> but apparently that's, that's the rapport. Like... Dungeons and Dragons has become so mainstream and maybe not tabletop gaming in general, like, or war gaming, but the mainstream almost still views, at very least, the, the TTRPG war game community as, like, gross and neckbeardish. But what I didn't realize is um, apparently they think that we are racist. Um, white supremacist? Huh. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> looking at my skin <laughs> and it's darker rapport. <laughs> yeah. Um, so here's the thing. <laughs> I, I actually used to have a bit of a, uh, a, a, a bit of a bad outlook on the, uh, tabletop RPG community. And I will be completely honest. It was a hundred percent based on the fact of what I saw in media. So here's the thing. I didn't fully realize I was a fucking blazing nerd growing up my entire life. No, you like, thought you were much cooler. That, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, I'm fucking cooler. I play Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> I, like, I, I, I thought I was cool as shit. But then I, I told my wife one time that I memorized all the hand seal the ninjutsu Naruto, <laughs> and she was like, "You fucking nerd!" Yeah, yeah, and and that's like I thought I was cool. I was like, I I don't I don't um I don't like role play or anything, but <laughs> fireball jutsu, <laughs> fireball, fireball, which is just fireball with jutsu. Now now let's it be probably has shittier stats. <laughs> Because fireballs, you gotta, you gotta blow it out. Now, now let, let let's be real about something here, because there was there was a big divide in what was considered nerd culture, and what was considered generally being any type of cool. Now, being cool was if you want the being cool starter pack, right? You had things that you shouldn't be doing: cigarettes, 
Drunk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, still drunk. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I still I get drunk and play Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, that, that's what I'm talking. Oh shit! Oh shit! You know, I got. You know, I'm out here. You know, I'm, I'm running these streets. I'm in the hood. Some of those hood motherfuckers I know watch Naruto. Yep. Like, so let, let's keep it a bug. I don't think. There's a difference between nerd culture and everything else. People anymore. never really isn't. Yeah, people <laughs> never really thought that motherfuckers. They, they never thought we were bad. Yeah, they were just conditioned. That's what I'm saying. And, like and they're they're seeing they were seeing us rolling fucking d20s. They're like, hey, yeah, hey, that's cool as fuck. Yeah, that dice ain't looking like no <laughs> bitch ass d6s. <laughs> and we have our d6s with numbers on them, bro. We ain't got them dots. That's what I'm saying. And now here I got them tossed <laughs> away. <laughs> well, so the little like set that has like 36 in it is dots. Yeah. <laughs> if you're just trying to throw up as much damage as possible. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to get it done in over really quick. But like. You mean it, like my new spell that is called Iceberg, where I just drop an iceberg on someone and automatically get to deal 20d6 points of damage? Oh my gosh. You know, <laughs> can I have it? <laughs> no, you fucking non-caster. Damn it. Me, I just swing swords. So, like, um, there's never been a... There's never been a time when Dungeons & Dragons has been in the favorable public eye. Yeah. Except for, like, now. Yeah, we just we just got to it. But even still, there's some there's people who fucking think we're racist. Um, so like, there's been that there's been this uh, the satanic panic in the '80s where I think it was even fucking Greg Giraldo, that piece of shit, <laughs> got on it and without knowing anything about the game, just just started saying shit. It was like. They practice Satanism and they do dark rituals in that game. Yeah, only the Necromancers and we fucking kill them. <laughs> Most of the time. We're like uh, number one enemies. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, they do dark rituals. Yeah. Dark rituals are in the game and you're meant to disrupt them. Well, well, I mean, the thing that gets me is that a motherfucker will sit there and be like, oh, listen, that's a bit weird. But then they'll go and, like, a, you know the custom character <laughs> in Skyrim, the custom character, and what what have you. And you pick your most favorite game, yeah. Saints Row, whatever it might be. You know that custom character that you sit there and you painstakingly try to make look like you? It's the same fucking difference. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I don't know if you know that or not, but it's like, it's not really that fucking different. And it's like, I will admit, and, you know, I'm, I'm not really big on the whole uh, overly politically correct stance on things, but I will say this. If you have a company, you know, currently right now who is, you know, you look at Wizards of the Coast, they're, they're really trying hard to shake a lot of that weird, negative, uh, race-related connotation behind everything that they had. So they're getting rid of a lot of, like, you know, stats being linked to race is no longer a thing. You know, mm. builds, heights, you know, all, all that type of stuff being linked to race is now no longer really a thing. You can be a tiny elf if you wanted to be, or you could be a really fucking tall dwarf 
who just just so happened to have like if you want to still have it in a backstory some type of thing that makes him really tall yes. you don't have to stick to this that and the other thing so it's like tall hobbit <laughs> so maybe you know so Mary and Pippin <laughs> more or less <laughs> with that and water how tall or, were they, how tall were they cannon they end up about four feet tall so pretty fucking tall right because <laughs> the average <laughs> hobbit is like two and a half so you want to know what was hilarious was um Making a halfling character, um, not knowing exactly how fucking tall a halfling was. <laughs> and I went and fucking, I actually looked up the reference document and like, what is their height? And uh, yeah, dude, like my two-year-old son, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's as tall as they are. Yep. <laughs> And so we went the whole summer giving him, because uh, my character used guns, and we gave we gave my son all types of gun-shaped items for him to <laughs> run around with, and we started calling him Vigo. <laughs> and he was, he was my halfling. That's <laughs> crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> so it, it's kind of, it's weird to me that... You know, you can have all these different types of stigmas and negative views on any one particular community. Like, it's you could you could read the same shit into almost any other community. Yeah. So I'm like, kind of, but at the same time, like, there are some like there are some <laughs> racists who use the Imperium of Man, the double-headed eagle from Warhammer. As their image. Yeah, but that's kind of them just oh. being fucking, you know? That, that, that's kind of... Or Warhammer. Okay, yeah. but if we're going to play Warhammer, I'm going to be the orcs because they're fucking hilarious. I was going to be the Imperium, <laughs> man. I'm just basic like that. Yeah, you you were also the Imperials in, in any Elder Scrolls game. I'm basic as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um... I don't want to learn. I don't want to learn different stat curves. I just want it to be. A I mean, I generally run as Nords or Bretons, so. So I. But I those ones are more magically inclined. Bretons are yes. Yeah. Nords are not. Nords go raw smash with big axe. Mm. Barbarians. Yeah, I, pretty much. I played as red guards. Red <laughs> uh, guards are cool though. They red guards are cool as fuck. Like but I have made red guard characters, and it's not like I've you don't think anything about it, right? And I, and I think because they're just dark skinned humans. That's it. That's all red guards are, really. Yeah. But you can make a black nord, like, and, and the game doesn't punish you for it. And yes. I and I think that take notes, Kayak Junior. <laughs> you <and> cuck. <laughs> I did it again. Let's go. I don't even know if I can edit that one out. <laughs> Let's run it. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, I can't. Um, so I, I do think I, I, I think that above all else is is the game changer. Is that I think yes, it's very cool if you have an idea of like in this case we'll we'll, we'll take the the wizards of the coast route and say species. If you have a, a species that specializes in any one particular thing, 
But if you wanted to go with any of the other species and make a character that looks like we'll just keep it real you because it's a fucking role-playing game so it's like if you're a black person playing it if you're a white person playing it if you're an asian person whatever it might be you know you you potentially might envision a character that looks like you right and there's you, nothing wrong with that yeah and you don't want to fucking have to be locked to like oh if i <laughs> so we'll, we'll take a, another page from uh guy gags jr there and uh, we'll say, oh, I want to be an Asian. Therefore, I can't be strong, but I'm really fucking smart. <laughs> OK, now there's a bit of a problem. Now, you need, now I see where the issue and I, I, I take sorry issue with what you're doing. There. So I think that, you know, the the way to overcome it is to, in my opinion, put as little thought into it as possible, because what was happening is um like the the idea of orcs not being locked to to being evil, right? Mm-hmm. People were playing orcs as heroes for way before you said that it was okay to do it. Yeah. And I think that's how you overcome it's how you overcome the greater stigma is maybe don't you don't need to tell people they can do it, but certainly don't tell them that they can't. Uh, but I, The revisions should just come with removal of the entrance, the, the entry of, oh, drows are evil, or this, Well, that that's other. mostly what it is. And, and, I, and I think I will kind of side with the fact that, and I'm not usually, this is very unlike my stance in most things, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna side with the fact that I will say they were right in definitively saying it's allowed. Right. Because I do think when you have a big platform of any kind, you do have a bit of a responsibility to the to the people who partake in what you're what you have to offer and, you know, the communities that you're building. Right. And, and I think even though, yes, people don't need you to tell them that it's OK because they're going to do it themselves anyways. And we have been doing it. But I do think that when it comes to. A brand and being um, transparent and loyal to the the people who are funding your entire life. <laughs> um, I well, do think you have a bit of a responsibility to be like, okay, th- there was some missteps here. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's like Adkinson Adkinson said. Discrimination-free workplace. You're working alongside everybody. Yeah, and, and I do think, you know, if you have... Somehow fucking Junior did not get that memo. That's insane. <laughs> he just, it's he, not allowed. You're, the one thing you're not allowed to be is a cocksucking racist. Yeah, yeah. And you had one job. <laughs> right. And it's... So that's the thing, right, is that... A lot of these, like, OSR guys... Like, not the ones that just prefer the old-style rules that had more viscera to them. Or even, like, guys who will shun the digital aspect of Right. Because that was kind of the—that's, like, the light version of OSR. It's, like, paper fucking sheets. Yeah. In-person play, never, never on a um, VTT or anything like that. Right. Um, but it's, like, so— the idea is is that the biggest thing in a tabletop role-playing game is going to be player agency. Mm. 
So including more people is never bad. Mm -hmm. There's a table for everybody, right? You just got to find it. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting that in this case, it's like to to play in the more um, inclusive realm is to also play into player agency. Right. So it kind of is a no-brainer to... <laughs> yeah, <you're> right. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's kind of interesting that we're just now, like, in some cases, we're just now figuring that out, right? You know, where it's like, oh, man, you really should if you don't want to be a fucking six-foot-tall elf all the time. Not, I don't really know. Actually, the funny part is, is that in D and D, elves are generally they're so in three five they have the recommended range, mm. and then you can roll dice to make it random. Yeah, but most of us just pick our height. Yeah, it's their max height was like five nine. Elves weren't like these tall. Certain oh, species of elves could be, but so so it, so it's a bit different. So we'll say an orc because I know orcs are big. Yeah, um, they're like you six, know, they're they're six plus. You know, as a grand example, even in in my character's case, I, I will admit there was a bit of a you know, there's a backstory reason why my my orc, as it were, was not the tallest orc, and that's because he's also a half human. Yeah. Now, the thing is, I will also say this: if you want to add things for flavor, because because you got to think about it like this too, you're also creating your own world. Yeah. So retelling. Yeah. So if you wanted to have in there some restrictions or, you know, advantages or disadvantages because of certain things, you can then do that. I would never suggest you do that <laughs> in a racist way. Well, but, so um, that's where 5e has kind of been going is that your background Mm. ends up determining more of your stat bonuses and stuff like that than your race, which it's funny, right? Because 3.5 actually in the Dungeon Master's Guide kind of talks about that. Yeah. Like, oh, you're a dwarf that grew up on the surface, so you wouldn't necessarily have the stone cutting ability of a dwarf that grew up underground. Yeah. So they were like, these are possible alternate abilities. So it's kind of always been there in D&D. It was just buried in variant rule sets. Yeah, and, and I think now it's just put, it's being mindfully put in front of everything. Right. And I think that's really the only difference. Because, like, you know, let's keep it a buck. You could sit there and say that, you know, there's inherent advantages and disadvantages, but I also know a pretty short... Asian MMA fighter who can get fucking popped in the face and dance afterwards. So I'm like, motherfucker, I'm a pretty big guy and I don't think I can do that. Right. So I'm like, at the end of the day, I don't, you know, I think background being more of a deciding factor in that just makes so much more sense anyways. Right. Because when you're building your character's backstory, that should determine more of who and what they are than like... Your character class and your backstory are more important than your race, pretty much. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. that's in and, and that's in every single way. Yeah. Now, luckily, luckily the the mainstream attention isn't always fucking bad. Right. Like as far as Dungeons and Dragons goes, it is especially in uh twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three. Um, we're getting, for the first time, um, good, like, universally good media 
associated yeah. with it. Not just stuff that is tied in, because, like, Stranger Things is, like, obvious thing. Yeah. And I think a lot of new players are getting into D&D because they watch the characters in Stranger Things yeah. playing it. Yeah. Which is kind of a cool... It's it's a, it's a cool cultural effect. But, like, I'm talking, like, debt... Like, actual dedicated media that you're that you're getting that is not really bad because we have had tons of different um movies for dungeons and dragons we've actually had like four of them before honor among thieves uh and um this one actually looks fucking pretty good, dude. It's yeah. got high production values. Yes. There's a couple that aren't bad, but they're very low production value. Yes. You, um, you know what I think is, is kind of more interesting is that the for a long time in you know multiple medias, we've had Dungeons & Dragons related stuff without really realizing. Like, I can tell you, I played Baldur's Gate. Before I realized I was a fucking Dungeons and Dragons thing. Yeah, it's a D and D game. You know, Icewind Dale. Yeah, um, yeah. I never winner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's what I'm saying. It's like it, it's always been there. Yeah. And I think that that you know that kind of plays back into you know people who think that oh I would never get into this thing because dot dot dot. You probably already have. In right. some form, you so already have. you've played Knights of the Old Republic, right? Yeah. Straight up based on three, five D&D rules. Which is crazy because I've, I actually, I have it on my phone yep. as part of Play Pass. And uh, it's That's insane. Cool. They actually, they just have the feats. Yeah. And and it's verbatim. They don't try to dress it up or anything. Well, that's They're because they had the license. I mean, yeah. it's OGL technically for a lot of the feats. Yeah, like yeah. two weapon fighting and huh? Yeah, I didn't realize that, but because I do remember I played through Knights of the Old Republic start one start to finish. I didn't play two start to finish. I admit, I do uh, kind of hate the fact that I missed that, but. Get it on Steam. Get the uh, restored content mod. You're good to go. Dude, yeah, there's so, so many options now to play and that game. The funny it. thing you about it. You can get it on your Switch with the restored content mod now, too. Hmm. And, then and it comes you, with one. But, but you don't see me. <laughs> and it's, like, kind of hilarious because I remember because I was an action gamer. I was never... Like, it didn't occur to me what was happening when you went and clicked attack on somebody. Right. Like, it was dice rolls. It was all D20 base. Yeah. It was going on behind the scenes. Right. And, um, like, even the the healing effects. Yep. The healing effects were per round. And, like, to me, I played through that game, like, six times. <laughs> and I just thought that the gameplay was weird. Right. I was like, this is fun. It's weird. But it's fun. <laughs> I thought it was weird like weird action game. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't even occur to me that I was playing. Did you ever like pause it and set up your multi rounds? No. Yeah. that whew, I played that game six times, my dude. <laughs> like, and, and you want to know what? I wasn't, I wasn't doing anything proper with my stats. <laughs> I was doing stuff like, um, <laughs> like I didn't understand what dexterity right. really meant. Yeah. <laughs> like as soon as I could switch to a, to a lightsaber, it didn't matter if I had blasters. 
but even a lot of the, the force abilities were dex based. Like, no, or, or well, they were based on your attack stat. Force was wisdom. Oh yeah. And then charisma could negate. So if you were a light side character using a dark side power, charisma could help mitigate some of the force point penalty. Oh, uh, see, see, now I, I didn't even still. Yeah. I don't know shit about that fucking game. I love that game. I don't know shit about that fucking game. <laughs> but I, I, I think that's, a, you know, it's ingrained into a lot of things, and I don't think a lot of people realize that. And it's so much so that it's like you could be playing pretty much verbatim D&D and you don't fucking realize it. And <laughs> well, it's like, having been in that position myself, it's kind of... Like a bunch of times. Yeah, yeah. And, like, now playing it, like, being full into it to the point where, you know... I could probably freak the fuck out and make that game really awesome. That, yeah. Understanding what I understand now, yeah. And it's like, so for me, when I was, even when I was first getting into it, I'll be the first to admit to you that I was like, oh, heh, little weird. Like, th- th- that was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Red King says to me, oh, I have a D&D party. You should join. I'm like, hmm. And that's the first thing. All the things flood into your mind that you would flood into your, I guess, average fucking teenager's mind <laughs> is, uh, is, oh, man, this is for nerds. This is this. This is that. This is this. And, you know, you remember all the medias that wanted to poke fun at this, that, and the other thing. Which, come to find out, a lot of those motherfuckers were playing it, too. Right. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you, you know, then you sit there and you're like, shit, I don't know about that. And then you get into it and then you start to realize it's like, oh, fuck, I've been doing this the entire time. <laughs> well, no. So that's the thing, right? So to go into kind of more of like my own personal like journey into D&D... So I started playing in 2009, right? We've talked about that before. Good Lord, I've been playing for 14 years this year. <laughs> but so one of my friends had the player's handbook. And I was just over at his house hanging out, reading it. And I was doing another coder playthrough at the time, because why the hell not? <laughs> it's a good game. And I was like, hold up. This is fucking similar to Knights of the Old Republic. And I just looked up that looked up to him and I was like, we should start a D&D campaign. He was like, fuck yeah, I'm down. <laughs> so we got two more of our friends and we just every Saturday morning we started running it. That's sick. Yeah, and I So th- Knights of the Old Republic basically directly led to me playing D&D. Yeah, yeah, and I start to, you know, I, I start to think about it. I'm like, this is something that I can see myself just doing cuz like you know, once you shake all the fucking dumb shit off of it, because like there's there's always an under undertone of dumb shit to everything you do. If right. we're being completely honest, anything that's on a hobbyist level always has some weird kind of you know backing to it. So right. it's like once you kind of shake that off, and it's like you start to realize I'm playing a game, and not for nothing. Yeah, I might be I might be goofing off about some fucking RP shit. I might be on my friggin' you know my little fucking wannabe voice actor shit. I might. <laughs> oh, I am one hundred percent my wannabe. Yeah, voice no, actor no, 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 on the daily man, and I'm like, and then then you start to realize not only does it you know, not only do you get into this game. 
but you get into other little passions that you didn't really think that you had. It's like, oh man, I, I like to write and I don't realize I like to write until I started writing a backstory for my character. And then right. next thing you know, it's like, shit, I really love doing this. And then now I'm, I would draw a fucking art for the characters. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, like Red King draws more now because of, you know, and it all started with, you know, making character art for the characters, then standees for the characters, you know, so that got into posing, which the posing then turned into bigger, better art pieces. Yep. yep. So you start to realize that it's, it's more of a creative force than anything else. And right. I, you know, you start one begets the other and then now you're interested in this and now you're interested in that. And I'm like, you know, I find myself getting into, you know, things like, you know, writing again and I get, find myself getting into drawing again. And, you know, it, just to, you know, and it starts as just to also be like, oh, I also did my character too. I drew my character too. Mm -hmm. So everybody knows what my character looks like. But the next thing you know, 10 pictures later, it's like, <laughs> whoa, holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, D&D &D for me, that's, that's what it kind of embodies. It's just this, you know, it's a creative tour de force that like, you know, it, you'll get many, many just passions, interests, hobbies from, and I think that, you know, you, there's nothing wrong with creativity in your life, man. Imagination is important. <laughs> so, and like, it, it's even now most of the shit that I will watch on my YouTube is Dungeons and Dragons. And yeah. uh, now I'm listening to real play um, podcasts and yeah, like not only does it get you into other stuff, but then it gets you really deep into D and D. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I've watched more episodes of Critical Role than I would like to admit because of just getting in, which is kind of interesting because I think most people might have been the other way around, where maybe they started watching Critical Role, maybe they heard of Vox Machina. The TV series that is now existence, um, season you know, two. yeah, yeah, <laughs> which I'm excited. They for. already have a season three confirmed. So when they confirmed two, they also confirmed three. So let me tell you how how stupidly I I guess this is deep. I've gotten into um, Vox Machina just based off of you know what I've watched and me playing D and D now is that. I watched a uh, YouTuber that would break down at what point in what story the <laughs> characters were aligned to, whether they were chaotic neutral, whether they were lawful good, whether so, and he broke down episode to episode, <laughs> like when they, <laughs> like when they did an action, yes. it changed their alignment. Right, it's like, on the alignment it, spectrum, yeah, they yeah. And I watched that fucker from start to finish. <laughs> I was like, I know what was insane <laughs> is before. So I played Knights of the Old Republic. That's my timeline, right? Is Knights of the Old, Knights of the Old Republic. Well, Baldur's Gate, Dark Alliance 2. No, the first the first one. Then KOTOR. Then um, my brother-in-law was watching Harmon Quest. Yep. And he, he knew nothing of it. I knew nothing of it. I knew that you, that uh, Chrono would, you know, that he plays or he 
at that point, I didn't even the scope of the amount of like <laughs> D and D shit that you were into, like didn't even register. I was like, and I'm watching this, and they kind of you know they all sit around the table and they they talk about what they were doing, and then after then they put like those like crudely drawn animations in line with it, and like. I'm watching it and I was like fucking hooked. Right. I'm like, oh my gosh, like Oh, like the animatics. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what they call them animatics. And yes. they put them behind like every fucking thing. <laughs> and and I didn't even know I was getting into it, dude. Almost like heroin. <laughs> like D D is like for sure like heroin. <laughs> you have no idea. It's just capturing you. What a what a fantastic argument for this. <laughs> It's not like Satan worship. It's more like heroin. <laughs> I mean, you're spending a similar amount of money if you want to go all out. So Yeah, I'm not even going to lie, bro. Like, I've got a trip planned. Your boy going to fucking spend money on them click clacks and math click clacks. Here's the thing. I ain't even good at math. I fucking love Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> no, I'm not fucking good. I'm not, honestly, Dungeons and Dragons has made me realize how bad I <laughs> The funny part is, is that the numbers of D&D is one of my favorite parts of the game. <laughs> and the funny thing is, probably in the in the most realistic scope, it's not the most difficult fucking math you'll ever do. <laughs> it's, it's not hard. <laughs> I'm shitty. Well, here's the thing, right? It's algebra. <laughs> uh, yeah. When you roll a die, and if X is the value on the die, right? That's your mystery value. What you're adding to it is your static value. So you're always solving for X when you roll a die. I didn't even really. So if you're rolling a d20 and you add 30, your variables are 31 to 50. Huh. You're, you you still lost me. <laughs> <laughs> you still lost me. <laughs> you still lost me. Oh, no, I'll tell you what he's talking about. Throw shiny rock ad number. <laughs> oh, oh, no shiny rocks. I oh, know all that it's about. <laughs> That's my grog strong jaw. Listen, listen. <laughs> he's inspired, man. <laughs> <laughs> Grog is the dumbest smart person or the smartest dumb person. Yeah, one one of the other. <laughs> one or the other. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. We're gonna have to rewatch season one. Oh yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I'm ready for a marathon just to kind of prepare me for season two. <laughs> but I think like so kind of the way that the media kinda they take tabletop RPGs and war games, they, they turn them negative. Um, the mainstream is also at the same time really glomming onto it, but mm. like they just don't want to talk about it too loud. <laughs> yeah, you know, just want, we do this all the time. You just don't want to talk about it. Right. Long. But that's the thing, right? This is the same mainstream media that all they talk about is, Oh, there was 12 murders today and there was 12 murders today and there was 12 murders today. And it's like, yeah, I already talked about that on the noon, 6 o'clock, and 11 o'clock news yesterday. Yeah. What's yeah. new? <laughs> oh, there's that Dungeons and Dragons that's racist. But I think um, beyond anything else, it's like it has been one of the 
has been one of the biggest experiences that I've had. Like, it is kind of, um, it's been like that ultimate friend glue. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it's made, like, all the memes are, like, true, they're fake, but they're true. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. It's kind of, like, hilarious because they actually did a, um, there was one shot quips, did a, did a video where he, uh, he had some players that were, uh, th- they got into it through memes and they always do the stuff like the bard's always trying to seduce stuff. And it was like looking at his sheet and saying, oh, I don't have the seduce skill. <laughs> <laughs> and like, <laughs> it's kind of funny because like you, you go through all the memes and you're like. Oh, that's not true. Oh, that's kind of true. And, um, like, I, I've never murdered Hoboed. Like, I've never been that player, but I, I sure as hell have been the player as, like, <laughs> technically <laughs> homicidal transient. <laughs> I've, I've, I've cleaved in twain in old man, so I'm, I'm fairly certain. <laughs> oh, wait, I crit a kid one time. Is a zombie kid, but I crit a kid. Yeah, but undead are immune to crits. I shot it in the face. I'm not letting you take that from me. Anyways, uh, I think that, like, there's... <laughs> I wonder if that's something you could be flagged for. I shot it. Yep. <laughs> like, um... We got something we want to talk to you about. <laughs> right here, this particular audio clip. We just said you shot a kid in the face. Um, but that's <laughs> not a way to segue. I'm not going to use that as a segue. I'm going to... Um, the different types of shit that you come up with, right? Like, it is so much fun to be in the middle of a game and... Like, not worry too fucking much about, (laughs) like, I'm not incredibly concerned about what's able to be done and what's not. Like, jump down a fucking flight of stairs is the easy thing to think about. Um, (laughs) I I remember my my character had a nasty habit of spending a lot of his time in brothels, but (laughs) the time was never that productive, so to speak. Yeah, it's like, um, whatever you do can also, like, come back around. Yeah, so you roll low on something, <laughs> <laughs> and then it becomes just okay. <laughs> Wait, uh, is that what that... Uh, yeah, so now, mind that's you... The, that was that's the why joke. that's his nickname in the uh, group chat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh, I didn't even realize that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, which is kind of interesting, because it, 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 it seems to have a uh, way of coming around around that um, when the moment is necessary <laughs> when the moment is necessary I am better than just okay yeah, yeah. you stop being a hoe and suddenly <laughs> yeah, okay yeah. Like, when, when true love becomes involved oh my gosh. <laughs> you start rolling significantly <laughs> or you go to do something very cool and you end up just like cleaving an old man in half and then you spend the next four or five sessions with a curse. Yeah. Yeah. Because and that, no, it was stacking curses. Yeah. Because I got that curse and while I still had that curse, we also 
Gargiazas. Oh, I remember. Yeah, same time frame. <laughs> yeah. I was having some trouble. <laughs> That's the beautiful thing about the table, right? Is that you don't know what anybody else is going to do. Yep. Mm. You don't know how the DM is going to react. You don't know how your players are going to react. You don't know how other players are going to react to what you as a player are doing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's, you know, that's been an interesting because we've now had three DMs um, throughout our campaign. Um, we've had Chrono as a DM. We've had Red King as a DM for a, a few sessions. And obviously we have our, our DM for the entire campaign. Is my wife. Is Yeah, it's, it's Chrono's wife. Um so it's kind of interesting to see, because sometimes you're under some pressure <laughs> to figure out. It's like, shit, some shit just went down. And I really, and a lot of times, just I got to come up off the cuff. The one thing I will give you, Chrono, is that you are remarkably prepared <laughs> for uh, when some random shit happens. <laughs> yes. So when I did indeed, uh, Cleve said, old man in Twain, it, he was prepared for it. He said, this, he's like, this was one of the options. I'm like, what? <laughs> you are not the character I was expecting to do that. So. <laughs> I don't think anybody was expecting. I, to. I wasn't. I wasn't prepared for that. And I'm usually the one who fucking does right. shit like that. He was the one I was expecting. To go, no, this old man's a trap. I just cut his head off with both his swords. This, this was the first thing I did after reacquiring my sword. Mind you, because I, I tossed away my sword in the prior couple of sessions. <laughs> trying to be slick. Yeah, trying to be slick. When and I the was villain like, broke it. No, you yeah. went a pretty long time without a sword. I did. He was I, borrowing yeah, yeah. brother-in-law's ass. <laughs> and then you finally got a sword, and the first thing you did was chop an old man it. <laughs> And he got cursed immediately. <laughs> yes. The the dildo of consequence rarely arrives loot. <laughs> Is how I will respond to that. Because he was screwed up for a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You really just got out of that. Really? Yes. <laughs> yes. It's been a long time coming. <laughs> You've had one of the best journeys in this campaign, though. Surprisingly, yeah, I, I didn't, and that's that's kind of cool for me. Like as a personal experience, you know, I joined late, right? <laughs> you know, so I was like, everything was kind of already going. So it's like, you know, as being, you know, at the time an outsider to it, it was kind of interesting to be like, how am I, how am I going to get in this? You know what I'm saying? And it's like, you, you're first introduced, and it's like, you're very much just like, okay, I'm getting my feet wet with everything. Yeah, yeah. You know, but to have, I've had a very, my character's had a very interesting. <laughs> a lot of ups and downs. Yeah, 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 very interesting story arc. And I'm like, and that's kind of cool. And it's like, and you think about it, you think about how it comes along, and we've had things like, you know, we had side chats and things like that in, like, our Discord groups and everything like that. So I'll flesh a few things out. But a lot of this happens at the table. Yeah. When you, you know, you roll that die, 
and you really don't fucking know what's going to happen. <laughs> you know, that number could come up anyway, and that dictates where you're going, and you just kind of got to go with it. Yep. Yeah. And it's like, and it's it's also kind of one of the best things, because if you get a good group, because I, I would say that our, our group is good. Um, you get a good group, and then you you get people who are really good at just improvising with what they're giving, you know? Because sometimes you get a really fucking bad hand, man. Yeah. That's all there is to it. And, you know, it's it's very interesting to see and, like, entertaining to see what people do with it. It is a fun thing because, you know, even, like, negative connotations aside of the, uh, of the tabletop, community like being able to bring somebody into a being able to bring somebody onto a table and just like you know everyone everyone's welcome and it's always like a hell of a lot of fun so the next thing is the future of Dungeons and Dragons we've we talked a lot about the past and like weird fucking <laughs> present shit and, and personal experience. There is one more year in our current version of Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition. And then we will be switching to a brand new-ish, new adjacent <laughs> um, system with one D&D. Yeah. And the, you know, the official change into, you know, what I believe, obviously, they're pushing as a future and they're pushing as, you know, this virtual tabletop that everybody can easily access. And, you know, so far, I will say I do like how they're handling it. So from what I understand uh, between the two tests that they've had out so far, um they're very much listening to community feedback, which I think is a very important point right now. So my counter to that, though, is going to be the people that are in the playtest. It's one of those things, right? Look at any competitive shooter. Mm -hmm. If you only listen to the pro players, you're dealing with less than 1% of your player base. I kind of so, agree with that. Yep. Apex Legends is a fantastic example of this. Yes. Apex Legends, when it came out up to season four, I loved. I have not played Apex Legends since Loba came out. And everything that my friends that still play it tell me just convinces me that I don't want to go back. So I'm going to I'm going to have a counter counter to that. And, th- and this is what I'm going to counter. <laughs> counter. That's, that's, that's counter. Um, so I think that and this is kind of pretty commonplace when it comes to video game beta testing, that um, the reason why you don't have a lot of people able to access an alpha as you would close <coughs> beta, as you would an open beta is because your general public if they get a load of what is that early on in development, that's how they're going to judge it. So when it comes to hardcore fans and very particular groups and study groups when it comes to this type of thing, 
is generally supposed to, I'm not saying that this is the way it is all the mm-hmm. time and the way that it works out, but it generally is supposed to be those people who understand that this is a work in progress. Right. You know, the things that are, are going to get better, things that are going to change, you know, things that are going to hopefully improve, where a lot of your general public will play an early build of a game and be like, this game fucking sucks. <laughs> be like, you don't understand what a development cycle is to me. <laughs> right. Uh, but, I mean, even as sort of an aside to that, Q&A isn't really... A fucking big thing for a lot of companies anymore, right? No. They'll release a fucking broken ass game, and then we pay sixty dollars to do a fucking beta test so they can patch it live. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. that's kind <laughs> of my counter to your counter to my counter. Counter, 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 counter. <laughs> so I get where you're coming from, and yes, the problem is, is that vocal minorities on the internet are never right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's. That's what we're dealing with from the SFNG bullshit of if you're an SJW warrior, which, again, redundancy. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, this isn't the fucking DeLorean. You don't need redundant systems. It's <laughs> <Nope. laughs> good. But it's just like some of the changes I like, some I don't. Obviously, we haven't gotten to do it because we haven't been in the beta. Yeah. But I do think it's interesting what they're doing with the magic. Like mm-hmm. they're switching it to arcane, divine, and primal. That's kind of cool. Yeah, that's a that's not a bad change. It's an yeah. interesting change. Could end up a bad change, but right now it's not a bad change. Yeah, yeah. So it's the problem is is that when you send out feedback surveys and stuff like that, you're not necessarily, you're only getting the most vocal minorities. And if you have person X over here and person Y over here, and they're completely fucking opposed, and then you somehow end up trying to compromise both of them, and then everyone that's in the middle is like, what the fuck is this? Because sometimes mm. sometimes what is what, what will happen is um, people who are fine with the product won't bother filling out positive or negative reviews. Right, because they're like, I enjoy it. Like, I've never reviewed a product that... Like, I've never went out of my way to post a review unless something was pretty glaringly bad. Right. Mm -hmm. So if there was something where it was a... a shipping error and I had an object... and I had an item that I was... that I... that was broken... I wouldn't even bother with that. Yeah. If it came to me and it was working perfectly, probably wouldn't bother with that either. Right. If right. I, on the other hand, had a, an item that didn't appear to be broken during shipping, and then I go ahead and I use it and it set my head on fire or something like that. <laughs> right. And then I went ahead and talked to the customer service and they were like, you should just shut the fuck up. And die. <laughs> Maybe next time that shit, that shit sets your head on fire, you'll just fucking die. Let it burn. <laughs> and then maybe I'll go ahead and fill out a fucking form about that. <laughs> well, okay. But so that's really, it has to be a glaringly bad and exceedingly insulting experience. Right. For me to even want to bother saying anything positive or negative. Right. Yeah. It's got to be like... Somebody went way over the top, like, oh, it didn't arrive. 
I'll send you a new one without shipping or anything, and if you get the second one, keep it. Yeah. Then I'm like, all right, that's cool. Then you t- then then you will br- like go out of your way and talk about it positively, right? And you'll write that review, or if or it sets your head on fire, <laughs> right? Or if you only sent me half my product, fuck you. It was all supposed to be in there. Well, okay, buddy, you get a fucking one star. Like this actually happened to our D and D group. Mm-hmm. Your guy's sister got us all dice last Christmas, and some of them took way too fucking long to get here. I remember that. Yeah, but I do think that depending on going into it is kind of a big thing, right? So if I if I order something on Amazon right now, I'm not necessarily going into it thinking that I'm going to have to go write a review whether positive or negative, right? right? But th- a lot of these tests are put out for the express express purpose of giving feedback. And I think a lot of people, especially when it comes to a dedicated community, I think that a lot of people, if they get into it with the idea that I'm doing this so that I give you feedback. Right. So that theoretically you have a better version of whatever comes out. I think you'll probably get a larger number of people who are willing to or will take the time to fill out these uh, questionnaires and things like that. I think my big thing would be, though, that instead of doing 1%, try and get 10% of your community. Mm Mm-hmm. That, that's a hard thing to just attempt to do. Cause so here's the thing, Who though, knows right? how many people will actually fill those fucking things out? You have, well, just do, like, live playtests. Mm-hmm. Send out, like, oh, you're watching this D&D campaign on YouTube. Here's a link to a live test. Come join us on this channel. It's the same channel. And give us some feedback. Watch how it's going. Do they, live chats. So they yeah. want Matt Mercer to run one D&D that was one of the things that apparently wizard wizards is trying to make a thing right huh interesting so here's the thing right (laughs) even so at the start of critical role campaign one they go over who their characters are right and the one guy that plays Percy, who is also in LA by night which is a vampire the masquerade campaign which is funny because he plays an NPC in that. Uh, but, yeah, Percy's a vampire. Okay. Huh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Just truncated version of that. Uh, they talk about, because they actually came from playing Pathfinder. Yeah. So- which is basically alternate D&D 3.5. Right. It's so like 3.75. Is- yeah, it's pretty much. That's what it's called. Usually is D&D 3.75. But the idea is, is that they had to figure out how to work Gunslinger, because that's what Percy is, Mm. and to figure out how to work that in. And that has become its own actual, like, sub-rule set in 5e. Yeah. So I get why they want Matt Mercer to do that, but I don't know that he would want to do that. I mean, maybe if you give him a big enough check, but... (laughs) Well, because they'd have... We'll do it. (laughs) Give us the check. (laughs) So, wouldn't that be weird? (laughs) Wouldn't that be weird? (laughs) Hey, some wizards. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Next thing you know, you can email. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Oh, fuck. I wasn't ready for this. We got a lot of equipment. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) 
I would do it to him. I would I, so I, I fast. Think the advance, and I think so, the advance. Yeah. Oh, I'd be yeah. all for it. Yeah, Into yeah. it so deep. Um, We'd be sitting at the table with like the table that like lights up with the TV in it. Yeah, and, shit, yeah. you know? and that was going to be my next thing. Is the Perfect segue. Fantastic work, Corona. Um, so <laughs> that's the next thing I was going to talk about is that this is a one D and D is maybe less of a rules type of thing. They have changed a couple of things, yeah, you know, like the way crits operate, and they did that. So like nothing's new under the sun. I thought that lumping the classes into three categories was something that was like new and kind of weird like the no. specialist the yeah they did that in AD&D yeah yeah mm. anyways uh <laughs> magic user fighting man and cleric yeah <laughs> <laughs> so this is magic user fighting man and cleric for the new generation <laughs> uh, uh-huh. but i think the other thing was like and to me, it's a little worrying because Dungeons and Dragons is already a pretty um, huge market share in the tabletop RPG universe, and it's only going to get bigger because the tools are very easy to use. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, in order to gain access to all these very fabulous tools, and they are very good. The recurrent spending is the term that wizards actually used. They said that's Hasbro, though. So yeah, those Hasbros. Um, those Hasbens. Ooh, that was <laughs> yeah. Oh. Hasbens. Um, uh, they actually, you know, even said that the Dungeons and Dragons series is under monetized. Yeah. The idea is that your forever DM or the very experienced player tends to buy the buy the digital books, share them with his group. Yeah. And more or less because there's no, I'm not going to end up at a different D&D table. Right. No, um, I'm going to be playing with you guys yeah, and it, our group. And so, <laughs> yeah, in some form, the group may expand. So but that's <laughs> the, yeah, the group may get bigger. Right, we might add some people, yeah. but... But the thing is, once one player buys all those items, or all the, the books... <laughs> all of, all of those items. GP girls, the great things. What are you buying? <laughs> one book, please. Sold. Do your friends need one? Nah, I'm done, dude. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> and that's exactly what happens. And that's apparently what Hasbro is very fucking chapped about. Is they want they want recurrent spending. So one way or the other, they want all of us to buy the books. Or a situation where, well, I think if you look at it on D and D Beyond, they have like the monthly pass, right? They don't have it yet. That's coming then. It it's is going to give you the core books, and I wonder if it's going to be like they'll cycle in other books. I I think that so the guide to everything's books would probably be the the mainstays. So like, well, besides your player's handbook, DM's guide, monster yeah, manual, the big three, and then you'd have Xanathar's, Tasha's, and Mordenkainen's. Yep. 
And, and I think no that fizz bands though, that's extra. <laughs> now, now here's the thing, and, and I do. Well, th- fizz band costs that funding. Yeah, yeah, and, and I do think that even though, yes, it kind of sucks that you might not be able to buy and share like you know you would in the past. At the same time. One is to be expected. Like, it sucks, and it very much, like, chaps my ass when it comes to, you know, companies, game developers, whatever it might be, trying to make the absolute most off of everything that they have. So but that's that's the thing, right, is the difference between profit and greed. Because yeah. D&D is not unprofitable in its current market share. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And it's only growing. There's just more to be made. Yes. So, so yeah. now they're switching from profit to greed. Yeah. Because How? now they want all fucking seven of us to spend 50 to $70 a book. Now, that's as much as a fucking triple A game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, as long as I can get everything that I need with something like a monthly subscription in a a decent (laughs) price range because that's the other thing i'm not sitting here trying to i'm not even trying to spend the same amount that i spend on my fucking hulu on something like that i don't think it's that same now something that i would never Um, give up ever in my life right spotify yeah Yeah. that's ten dollars yeah and i listen to that music every single day i listen at least like we're going to say at least half an hour of music. Yeah. Right. Sometimes I'll um, be on there listening to the Critical Hit podcast. Oh, <laughs> yes. Go with that advertisement. Good, good shit. Um, subscribe. <laughs> subscribe. Subscribe. Download. Yeah, we just start saying subscribe for the next 25 minutes. <laughs> um, but... But all our listeners. Yes. They were like, whoa, that was disgusting. <laughs> and they just hang off and never come back. Right. We're talking about the bad shit of monetization. And yes. Like, <laughs> oh, whoa, my God. That was disgusting. <laughs> but to get back to <laughs> to get back to my original point. Right. Um, <laughs> it's ten dollars. If it got any more expensive, I'd be fucking really hard pressed to go after it. And I so, fucking love music. Here's my mm-hmm. thing. Right. If. I feel like if they're going to do that monthly pass, they're either going to end up with tiers where like $5 a month will get you the big three. (laughs) $10 might include the guides to everything. 20 might start getting you modules and shit. And like basically all you can eat as far as. Right. um, And then like they'll have like a mega pass. I'm imagining where it's like $99 for the year. You get everything. Yeah. And, yeah. like, everything that comes out, you're future-proofed and something like that. Yeah. I just don't think that I can do it because, right, it may turn me into a... And this is with heavy, heavy asterisks and very... Like, there's a lot of notes that I'll probably have to attach to this before I fucking say it. <laughs> I just really want to say <laughs> that it's not that way, but I will become an OSR guy. <laughs> um, well, just because going to be a table curmudgeon. Yeah, like I'll get... That's so much better than saying, I'm an OSR guy. And yeah, I just yeah, get yeah. paper books and paper sheets and just be all about that paper. Well, to be fair, we have... We write them ourselves, but we have digital character sheets. Yes, true. That's another thing, though. You're going to have to buy the character sheet. Because I have... Oh, here's the fucking thing. 99 cents a sheet. Yep. 
<laughs> doesn't seem like a lot, but when you're one of those motherfuckers, like I didn't realize it, but I have like uh, four characters in this campaign. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think so. I should stop giving them ideas. Yeah, right? I was gonna say, please, please. Hopefully, they're not listening. Um, hopefully, you are listening. <laughs> I actually, I actually really don't These care what your understanding cool is. That's pretty cool. <laughs> they gave me some pretty good ideas. <laughs> Send them the check. Um, so, here's the thing. This, you should just charge them flat rates, bro. And this is what I'm gonna say. And this is what I'm gonna say because I understand going forward. You know, we're we're unfortunately in a position where this is this is our current reality. Yeah. When it comes to the market space of anything that's continually profitable, they're gonna try to make as much money off of it as they can, right? So we're kind of stuck in this mode. There's it's we know where it's going. Right, but I fucking hate mobile game shit. I oh, do, but yeah. here but here's Micro what I'm saying. Transactions. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try my best to like Paint an image of something that is kind of worth it in a sense versus something that is just horribly just uh, horrible. So the problem is, is the phrase uh, specifically is under monetized. Let them let them finish. So so here's the thing. Here's the thing about um, I'm going to instead of going to the mobile game verse, I'm going to go into just gaming in general. So. We understand that DLC, expansion packs, all that type of shit is a thing, and it's mm-hmm. it, it's been a thing for a long time, even before the advent of DLC as it is now. Um, but there are fine examples of DLC being worth it, mm-hmm. and even though yes, it it kind of sucks that you know when I buy the season pass. You know, I know I'm paying this amount of money potentially once or monthly or this or that into this thing, you know, to get something that maybe arguably shouldn't be, you know, monetized, maybe arguably should have already been in the product that I bought in the first place. But when you have something like Call of Duty um, and you have fucking garbage game. Garbage game, but you have extra maps, you have things like new weapons, you have things like, you know, things that... I'm you. So, no, hold on, there, there's more. Let him finish. There, yep. there, 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 is, there is reasonable and very applicable things to, the, to what they're trying to market to you here. The value of that is arguably higher than something like Dead or Alive, <laughs> which released a $60 game with thousands of dollars worth of costumes. Yeah, Dead or Alive is disgusting. Now, now mind you... They did switch it to free-to-play, though. They did, but you still have to, you still have to buy every character, yeah. and then you still have to buy all of their fucking costumes. Yeah. Because there's, like, two that you can unlock through playing the game, and even that takes hours. But there's two that you can unlock through the game, and then they're recolors of your fucking already existing costumes. <laughs> and then if you want actual new costumes, you have to go spend money on it. It's five ninety nine, like a costume. Yeah. So now this is what I'm saying. Even though over monetization is just as bad as in as they want to say under monetization, um, I do also believe that there is a sliding scale of quality and value of product that they're offering you. If I can 
pay $10 a month and have everything I need to run a competent D&D campaign. Yes, I might not be able to have any of the extras, but I can run a very solid, very competent. Right now, we're running a very, very good campaign off of more or less. I mean, we got some homebrew shit, but no, we don't. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. We're, so we're, we're running off of base level, you know, oh, no. So what do we got? What books we got? OK, we have <laughs> the player's handbook. Dungeon Master's Guide, Magic mm. Item Compendium, Spell Compendium, Tome of Battle, Tome of Magic, uh, Magic of Incarnum, Forge of War, Champions of Ruin. So we're running. So we're running deep. Book of Exalted so, Deeds. Yep. So, Book of Exalted Deeds. So, so we're running deep. So we're a bad example. Um, yeah. So I, I will say if I can. Oh, complete champion, complete arcane, complete mage, complete psionics. Scoundrel. Uh, so now hold, scoundrel. now hold up. Now this is actually weirdly enough is now adding to my point. Now if I could pay ninety nine dollars a year and have all of it. And I can run in any way, shape, or form with as many players as I want, with as many, um, you know, if I can just whip this shit up and go. And I have as, you know, fleshed out, good looking, sleek this, simple that. Right. You know, the value of that to a person who frequent, very frequently p- plays D&D significantly higher than somebody who, you know, yeah, if you're, you're just dabbling in it, of course you don't want to pay that amount of money. But if I know that I don't have to, I could look at everybody around me and be like, we can all set something up right now yeah, and play the fuck out of this thing, not run into any type of problems, any type of glitches, no type of hard management, anything like that. Mm-hmm. That is arguably a good value for for somebody who is into D&D like that. I'll agree. So, yeah, I, I guess think, I can't really. So I think if they can build, if they can build a good ecosystem behind it and they can build a very solid working product, I'm not too mad if they sit there and say, this book is extra, that book is extra, but for $10 a month, if, you know, and that's very important. The price is very fucking right. important. So <laughs> we talked about this a little bit in tabletop gaming, right? Is that, so we were just talking about they're kind of doing closed betas and feedback surveys and stuff, and that has to do with mechanics. They're also keeping that pricing very, very... That's tighter to the chest than the closed betas. Yeah. They're not talking about it. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem, right? Because we don't know if... Yeah, if it's $10 a month, I'd run that. Yeah. That's fine. I have dumber shit that I pay $10 a month for. Guaranteed. (laughs) Guaranteed. (laughs) But if it's... I'm paying $10 a month, and then I still have to, as we said pay 99 cents for each separate skin color on a dragonborn yeah now now we have a probably do plus i can only do plus three weapons and that's it if i want like weapons with additional effects right yeah like you gotta spend 99 cents to get the flaming property and just the flaming property frost is another 99 cents shock is another 99 yeah force is two dollars now if you know if it then comes to a point where you have ten dollars a month and then that these books 
everything that is included in those books, whether it's, you know, status elements, whether it's, you know, gear, whether it's classes, whatever it might be, if all of that is available within that price and you don't sit there and beat us over the head with these, right. you know, monetization practices, it won't be too bad. No, I agree. It'll, it'll be it'll be doable. Yeah, yeah. But, but the problem is, is we don't know what their line for under monetization, monetization, and over monetization is. Yeah, yeah. The other thing is, like, you know, I love D and D, and this is this is at the end a D and D episode, but um, like <laughs> we're gonna experience it fairly fairly soon is um coming to that trying different games and realizing that they're fucking not as digital and not as not as uh not as easy to run and because that's you know it was one of the deciding factors of because i'm going to be running the next campaign one of my deciding factors of switching to fifth ed was that, you know, I chase kids around all the time. Um, like that I'm, I'm a dad and I work and I do this and I, to myself, I was like, I just can't do it. I need very lazy tools. And I found very lazy tools for fifth ed. And, um, like, I'm not going to say expressly that I'm scared of switching to a different system. Like, you know, the idea of like playing uh, Cthulhu tech and uh, vampire, the masquerade, which is something I want to also take a look at. Like I've it's been because VTM just went into its fifth edition like two years ago with that. Oh shit. Um, uh-huh. but like I think about, uh, cause I've been building my campaign. I've mm-hmm. actually been, using my lazy tools to build encounters and to uh, get character sheets ready and this and the third. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so simple. And it, I'm not lazy. I'm not that fucking lazy. Pre, <laughs> I'm going to uh, preempt this statement, but damn it, man. Like, you go to a different system and they're not as fucking... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> What is this paper you speak of? <laughs> I have to write this shit? I don't know if I'm even able to do this. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's, a, you know, that's the thing. And um, for new players, like, I, we already said that, you know, Stranger Things and we're going to have movies coming out and we're, we've got um, TV series based off of Dungeons and Dragons. It's going to rope people in the Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. It's going to, one D&D is going to come out next year. It's going to have that sweet, sweet Unreal Engine virtual tabletop. It's going to fucking slaughter some of the smaller uh, TTRPGs that can't keep up. Yeah. You know, Warhammer's going to fuck around and end up at RTS anyways. They're gonna be like, Here's that VTC. You'd be like, oh, dude, you just fucked up. You made you made a video game. Well, so that's the thing, right? There's, the dragons, there's Total War Warhammer. Yeah, actually. So it's already there. So I think that's a, that's the thing. And I think I probably closed the um, actual tabletop gaming episode with it. It was like a lot of it, a lot of the ad hoc ideas, the, 
being able to do what you want and being able to come up with really weird shit. You know, how much is that tabletop going to set you, is going to like limit you in your abilities to do that stuff. And, you know, also doing it online. If you're not taking your table group and finding them again online, like what is it, what is it turning into? Is it turning into like, I've, I've heard that there's obviously people who make a living being um, DMs and they play games online and they said third they you could find your groups you could f- there's services that allow you to do that but to me it's like I learned it at a table and I may add tools to it that but are you digital still play it at the fucking table that's where I'm at yeah that's fair. And with that, that's the last call. We are Critical Hit. The beer of the night has been Mr. Zero by Willow Rock Brewing Company. IPA? New England IPA. I already told you about that. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. Are you just now noticing that? I'm kind of drunk. <laughs> that's fine. I've been sick. I haven't drank at all. <laughs> right, but it's right below the title. Shut like, up. <laughs> That's not drinking skills, that's reading skills. <laughs> Maybe neither are that good. <laughs> Subscribe to us wherever you find your podcast. We are on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, um, Pandora. We're on everything. Your mama's house. <laughs> your time. <laughs> we. You've had too much NIPA. <laughs> right? <laughs> We are on every Thursday at noon, and um, tune in every week to hear to hear my kids yell and while out in the background, and, I, <laughs> and my wife yell at them. <laughs> Till next time, uh, drink hard, play responsibly, and roll for initiative. <laughs> I'm wearing the shirt. <laughs> Bye.